If it moves, I can podcast it. It's harmless phosphorescence. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to uh, the show this week. This is Throw No Weird Stuff Smiley. Who's joining me? I'm Josh Cece, and I definitely would have jumped to Coruscant. I'm Brian Leshen. I'm different. The Inquisition, Witch Hunts, that was me. I'm Alaric Weber. And this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. Uh, We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. Uh, This show, it is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. And you can be a patron, too. Just go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We got Star Wars stuff. We got music stuff. We got weekly stuff. So head on over and uh, uh, check it out. You'll like it. It's good. Um, (laughs) We have fun doing it. We do. At least 85% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Jumper. There are people out there who have power. Who you are. What you are. Can change history. (laughs) Did I just... I just teleported. This thing that just happened could set me free. But why settle on one place when you could have the whole world? I think there's something you're not telling me. If you don't want to tell me everything, that's fine. Just don't lie to me. It must be hard. Living like this with no family, friends. Damn it! Is that you? If you can hear me. You can come home. What I'd like to know is how you rob a bank without opening any doors. You think it could go on like this forever? Living like this with no consequences? There are always consequences. They're trained to hunt us. Look at anyone that gets in their way. Take your girlfriend. We have to get her out of here. I can hear you. This is where it ends. Right here, right now. Take a deep breath. Why are you walking? I like walking for change. Makes me feel normal. Jumper. Uh, Jumper was released on uh, February 14th, 2008 with a running time of 88 minutes. Cost $85 million and took in $225 million. So it made some money. Wow, it was popular. Yeah, it did well, surprisingly. Um, Well, the trailer makes it look awesome. Oh, yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, like, that's a fun movie. Well, that was the whole movie without all the extra bits. That would have right. been an awesome movie. Yeah, they just, without, yeah, you know, made the trailer two hours long. Well, and honestly, it was eighty-eight minutes, <laughs> and it still felt flabby. <laughs> like it yeah. still felt yeah. like there was stuff they didn't need. Did a lot of right. jumping around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, even though there were a lot of instances where it's like they needed to explain that more, they needed to set it up more. I was still glad they didn't. I was like, oh. Well, at least they didn't. <laughs> yeah, at least I didn't have to spend more time here. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see more Diane Lane, but I'm also 
fine with the amount of Diane Lane that we got because yeah, I'm mostly confused by the amount of Diane Lane. There was just enough to make me wonder why is Diane Lane here. Um. So yeah, with all that in mind, are you guys ready to play the box office top ten game? Yes. All Let's right. do it. Okay. This, Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> um, I don't know if you have I'll enough points. Time. Yeah, I don't know if you have enough points to buy a vowel. <laughs> How many do you have? Um, I know you have some spider points left. So. Oh, that's yeah. right. And you and some horse points. Horse points. Yep. Al's <laughs> buying a zoo with his points. <laughs> um, hey, just and uh, just a quick disclaimer, guys. Um, I uh, had my list out of order. We watch every theatrically released live action superhero movie in the order they were released. This one actually came out before Iron Man and superhero movie, but somehow it was on the wrong place on my list. Um, and that's because the internet <laughs> said it was later when I first looked at it. And I've never seen this movie before. So no, it's because it jumped down the <laughs> list. It jumped <laughs> to 74. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anyways, the box office top ten game. Uh, it's the game where I'm going to describe every movie in the top ten of the box office for the week of February fifteenth, two thousand eight. And then the boys here will try to guess what movie I'm talking about based on the description, uh, which will be the box office mojo description. Um, but first, the guys are going to try to guess where this movie <coughs> opened. Um, Brian, I don't think you go first very often. Where do you think it's opened? So this is a Valentine's Day weekend movie? I'm going to say number two, because, like, Love Actually or something came out this weekend. All right. Uh, Brian says two. Josh. All right. Two is definitely a solid guess, but I'll go one. No, that was a lot of money. Josh goes one. Al, yeah. what you thinking? I'll go three. Al goes three. Okay. <laughs> the boys are sticking together. <laughs> Wikipedia. Wikipedia accidentally told me where it was, um, so yeah, it won't come as any surprise to me. My plan was to guess wrong if someone else didn't guess right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so has Al guessed wrong or right? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Play along at home. Diabolique. <laughs> <laughs> he is a master of guessing <laughs> numbers. <laughs> the greatest cat burglar that ever existed. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is he steals cats <laughs> and burglars. Um, here we are. <laughs> Number ten for the week of February fifteenth, two thousand eight. Um, after serving as a bridesmaid twenty-seven times, a young woman wrestles with the idea of standing by her sister's side as her sibling marries the man she's secretly in love with. I love to use the word served like it was a sentence of some kind. <laughs> I sentenced you to serve as bridesmaid. <laughs> you had to sit in this room in a bridesmaid to ask for. I think it was called dresses, right? Some like a whole bunch of dresses. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but how many dresses? <laughs> well, twenty-eight dresses. Twenty-eight. 20, uh, nope, twenty-seven. Oh. <laughs> twenty-seven. Oh, right. The twenty eighth would be her wedding. Gown. Yeah. This, yeah. The, this would be the twenty. Whatever. <laughs> the doctor was his mother. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the math checks out there. It was in fact twenty seven <laughs> dresses <laughs> by my calculations. 
crunching the numbers. So nobody gets those 27 points, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> because no I one knew a- how many dresses. Eventually, I'll find my one point that I need. So it's around here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, this one's going to be hard. A 3D concert film of a 2007 tour. <laughs> who, who toured in 2007 that would have a 3D concert film in the top 10? Lincoln Park. <laughs> no. Uh, that would have been more Paula like... Paula Abdul. <laughs> and Scat Cat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was not um, Paula Abdul. Josh, who do you think? 2008? Well, yeah, it's 2008, but it was the 2007 tour that they... Had to be U2 or something like that. Metallica? <laughs> no, this movie is called Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. Best of both oh. worlds concert. Oh my God, they performed together? <laughs> side by side, they're, I assume. They're, they're finally back together. That's like a Simon Garfunkel situation there. <laughs> Montana and Cyrus. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she grew, she grew up in Gotham City, so that's how she can pull it off so well. That's right. Yeah, there's as much uh, face blindness in the Disney Kids universe as there is in Gotham. So, okay, slight tangent. Um, Jude is uh, he's 14, and uh, mm-hmm. he. Uh, um. He grew up watching a lot of these 2000s Disney Disney kids shows. Yeah. And he just yeah. rediscovered them all on Disney Plus. And he's uh-huh. having like this weird nostalgia flashback to him the same way we do for like, right. like old cartoons. Like, pers- like, and I have a heart, like they're terrible. And as he's watching them, uh-huh. I'm like, this is so awful. And he's like, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I have a, yeah, I have a hard time like. Because I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not any worse than like G.I. Joe and Thundercats, I guess. Take that or back, any man. sitcom or most sitcoms. Yeah, it's not yeah. any worse than yeah. Who's the Boss. Yeah, oh. I used to watch them all with Ella, who's also 14, and I, I would sit and watch them beginning to end. And it is funny now while I'm scrolling on Disney Plus, I'm like, oh, Jesse. I remember, I remember those episodes of Jesse or, you know, Ant Farm. Like Ant Farm's the one yeah. he watched all the way through just recently. The- the Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah. Uh, dog with a blog. <laughs> okay, but I have a quick tangent myself. When I first heard about iCarly, I had no context whatsoever. I didn't know. And it was Josh McJunkin and Andrea trying to explain it to me because I literally was like, so what is it about? Why is it iCarly? Is she like a robot? <laughs> like, did they make her into an android? iCarly. No, no, no. I just wasn't getting it. She's still a robot in my head. <laughs> I, Carly. I am the first time I heard it. I thought I Claudius. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> and with Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. She's like, I Carly. Okay. <laughs> um, coming in at number eight, two terminally ill men escape from a cancer ward and head off on a road trip with a wish list of to do's before they die. That's the bucket list, right? That is the bucket yep. list. You get a bucket full of points, Brian. <laughs> yeah. So many different buckets I wanted to own. <laughs> oh, we got garden buckets. We've got mop buckets. A shrimp bucket. <laughs> shrimp bucket. <laughs> uh, number seven, faced with an unplanned pregnancy, an offbeat young person 
makes an unusual <laughs> decision regarding the unborn oh, child. Oh, Juno. Juno, yes. Um, Juno. <laughs> Juno. Uh, so for that, Al, you get a point, which um, used to identify as uh, female, but now identifies as a they. As a point. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it was bad. <laughs> um, uh, number six. I don't know if I've ever heard of this movie. Um, Dr. R.J. Stevens is a talk show host who visits his family in the Deep South. While there, he reunites with his brother Otis, his sister Betty, his cousin rival Clyde, and his childhood love interest Lucinda Allen. That was so cousin rival. Those names were really important. There were so many names. As if we knew them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like there was, yeah, like they were mentioning like like Anakin or something. Yeah. Is that me and Clyde in the family? Me and Clyde in the family. <laughs> That's might as well be. Yeah. Um, it's called Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. Ah, uh, uh, I remember that. I do not. So, Martin Lawrence, okay. right? Uh, maybe. It's, I don't think I saw it, but oh. I remember when. It, I was expecting uh, Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, come no in. one expects the Wilson. <laughs> the Spanish Wilson Quisition. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me today. Opening this week at number five. A political consultant tries to explain his impending divorce and past relationships to his 11-year-old daughter. I was not expecting that after a political consultant started. (laughs) I do not know. Oh, is that? I can't tell who that was on that tiny little... Um, like, me and the kid. Uh, any guesses? For, mm, no, guess. no, for, no, sorry, Josh. No. Um, consultant? <laughs> it's called definite, consultant. definitely, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being a name of a movie. As do I. I do too. Um, ooh, boy. I remember hating it. All right. Oh, wow. Okay, so this one's from a genre of the era. Um, a new clue to the whereabouts of a lost treasure rekindles a married couple's sense of adventure and their estranged romance. What? Rome uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2. <laughs> um, this stars Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson to give um, you the genre. How to yeah. build... And the man in ten days. How to build the man? How to build? <laughs> how to build? How to build a robot in ten days? <laughs> uh, any guesses, Al? No. It's called fool. <laughs> it's called fool's gold. Uh, That's a perfect rom-com adventure movie name. Premise, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It uh, is. Opening at number three this week, romantic sparks occur between two dance students from different backgrounds at the Maryland School of the Arts. Uh, honey? I don't remember the movie. No, not Honey. Okay. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a sequel. 
It is part what? of a franchise. It was not the last film in the series. I'm pretty sure they had a couple 3D entries. Is it a Fast and Furious? No. <laughs> Two students from different backgrounds like, at the Maryland School of the Arts <laughs> and driving fast. Two dance, too furious. <laughs> Don't um, you laugh with me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, it's Step Up 2, <laughs> colon, The Streets. The Streets. I remember when That's Step Up was on the charts. Yeah. yeah. We were talking it's about still, it. Yeah. Comes around every couple of seasons. <laughs> yep. Uh, number two, upon moving into a rundown estate with their mother, twin brothers Jared and Simon, along with their sister Mallory, why does Mallory get like third billing? Uh, find themselves pulled <laughs> into an alternate world full of fairies and other creatures. Chronicles of Narnia? No. Yeah. No, that it's was like one of them the Pevensies. Terabithia yeah, type thing. It's kind of like that. It's called The Spiderwick Chronicles. Oh, Spiderwick Chronicles. I missed that one in the 2000s young adult fantasy boom. I'm coming in at number one this week. A teenager with teleportation abilities suddenly finds himself in the middle of an ancient war between those like him and their sworn annihilators. So Josh gets it. <laughs> number one, Josh. Um, so you get yes. you get a uh, you get one point <laughs> for guessing number one. <laughs> uh, yep. All right. So that is our top ten this week. Our. Uh, <laughs> So, um, which brings us to the film itself. Um, this was not a comic book movie, um, but it was based on a book. Um, a book which was uh, written by a man. A man who writes books. There we go. Stephen Gould. <laughs> um, oh, him. Yeah, him. <laughs> so, uh, Jumper God. Yeah, there's. He seems to have mostly written jumper, <laughs> jumper sequels, and then a few other kind of uh, not especially well known uh, sci-fi books. Um, this is an interesting concept for a series. Jumper two, <laughs> standing still. Yeah, it could be, for sure. Jumper two, standing still. <laughs> uh, jumper three, still jumping. <laughs> Uh, jumper four, never jump again. I don't know. Um, so jumper five, the rise of the silver surfer. <laughs> um, let's see. Some of the sequels to this actually were jumper Griffin story. That was the British dude from this oh, movie. Yeah, him. Um, then, right. oh my God, impulse, which was a sequel to Jumper that was adapted into a TV series. Hmm. So um, huh. this had, this world has a, uh, a TV series. It follows 16-year-old Henrietta Coles, who discovers she has the ability to teleport. So basically the, this movie, but it follows a female protagonist, and it ran for a while. Interesting. So... Um, it would have been an interesting perspective, a female jumper. Yeah, it would have. 
Um, this movie was directed by Doug Lyman, uh, who uh, directed Swingers, Go, The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, The Edge of Tomorrow. Um, so he's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong here. Um, we got our old pal David S. Goyer writing on this. We've talked about him a lot. Dark Knight, Blade, uh, Batman v Superman. Um, you know, he writes a lot of superhero stuff. Um, Jim Oles gets a uh, screenwriting credit on this. Um, Jim Oles has two, two screenwriting credits: Jumper and Fight Club. Wow. Yeah. It's just weird. Wait, wait, wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, uh... Hmm. I don't even know. That was the other writer? Yeah, Jim Jim Oles was also a uh, fight club. Okay. Um, gotcha. Then uh, we have uh, Simon Kinberg also has a... Uh, Writing credit, um, Simon Kinberg is a, sorry, I got a little bit of a delay there. Simon Kinberg, uh, is we've uh, talked about before. He was writer on the X-Men franchise. Also did Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Sherlock Holmes. Um, um, then our cast. Uh, Hayden Christensen, of course, best known as Anakin. Ugh. Really? Only, only known as Darth right. Vader. Yeah. yeah. Only known yeah. as Anakin. Um, I mean, I still don't know what to think about Hayden Christensen as an actor. I, I cannot I decide if he's good or not. <laughs> he's not. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks for clearing it up. I don't think he's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to chalk up his uh, sort of flat rigid rigidity to Star Wars dialogue, you know? Yeah. Which isn't very flowery, flowery or flourishy. So I thought he was playing. But then you see him in something else, and it's like, oh, that flat aff- affect is this guy. That's that's his style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. Apparently- yeah, he's like, a, he's like a pine two by four. He is. Um, so apparently, yes, <laughs> or but less useful. Think of the things you could make with a two by four. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Um. So he, he's been in some good movies. He was in the Mouth of Madness. Um. Uh. He was in the Virgin Suicide. <laughs> Life as a House. That was probably the thing I saw him in. Um. Right before uh, he was in Star Wars, Shattered Glass. But um. There's a movie. It's called Little Italy. Um, mm-hmm. In which he plays a Canadian who lives in Little Italy in Toronto. And he has an <laughs> Italian accent some of the time. And he's a pizza maker. So... You're fucking kidding me. That exists. Yes, that exists. Wow. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to be nominating that for a monthly movie. Yeah. What year was that made? I don't know. It was <laughs> in the last like five years, I think. I got to oh, tell wow. you, there's nothing like Toronto style pizza. 
That's right. Yep, famous. <laughs> Nothing like it. Um, all it right. has poutine on top. <laughs> oh. uh, it yeah, it's got hockey on it. Um, <laughs> we got yeah. Samuel Jackson back. Um, we've seen him most recently in a uh, in Iron Man. Just uh, yeah, we just saw him. Yeah, um, he plays Roland Cox. Jamie Bell plays Griffin O'Connor. Um, he was in Billy Elliot, um, The Adventures of Tintin, uh, Snowpiercer, Rocketman. We'll see him again for this show in the two- 2015 Fantastic Four. He plays Ben Grimm. <laughs> Yay. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's Ben Grimm? Yep. Wow. That movie, weird. I've never seen the 2015 Fantastic Four, and I am just oh intrigued. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's exciting. I, uh, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Diane Lane played <laughs> the mom. Diane Lane is, uh, of course, well known. Um, she's been in so many things. Uh, The Cotton Club, Outsiders, Rumblefish, Streets of Fire, Chaplin, Usar and Judge Dredd. Um. Huh. Um, murder at sixteen hundred, perfect storm. Um, we'll see she's her. Superman's mom. She, yeah, we'll see her as Superman's mom in all the Snyder yeah, ones. Yeah, and she's Mrs. Thanos in real life. Oh, yeah, huh? Good she, for her. She and Josh Brolin have been married since like the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Good for them. I like to see them kids making it. Um. I've heard it's been tumultuous, but you know they don't call anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, Teddy Dunn um, played uh, <laughs> Bully Mark. He was uh, really most well known for being on Veronica Mars. Um, <laughs> he was also in the two 2000- thousand. Pardon me. <laughs> he was also in the Manchurian Candidate, um, the two thousand four one. Uh, we've got. Uh, Michael Rooker plays uh, David's dad. Um, yeah. My, yeah. Best known as uh, Yondo and also uh, Merle. Merle Dixon in The Walking Dead. Um, he was in Mallrats. And Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Cut Killer. Yeah, he was in Mallrats. He's a character actor's actor. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I right. see him in Brightburn. Oh, God. Brightburn. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot that we have that on our list. Um, we've got Rachel Bilson. Um, she's, uh, let's see, she was on the OC. Uh, she was in The Last Kiss. She played Dr. Zoe Hart on Heart of Dixie. <laughs> I don't think she's really any better than Hayden Christensen in this movie. <laughs> no. No, I mean, honestly, and, there's not much written for her role besides being in trouble and needing help or being upset that she was in trouble and needed help. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or being, being frustrated by yeah. it not being spoken to. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I can't really blame her for her performance. Yeah. Well, and what the, the relationship written between the two was baffling. Just baffling. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to that stuff. Um, I know we we always say, oh, seems like a lot was cut out. But I'm very curious. Nobody in this movie was not there 
except to serve a purpose as if they were an object. Like Brian was saying, there was, I I was not invested in their relationship. Oh God. We saw one example. (laughs) Yeah. Weird, weird storytelling. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, that kind of well, and she has to work across from uh, Anakin Skywalker, so her job is already twice as hard. It is, yeah, yeah. At any <laughs> moment, he's a dick. Yeah, and at any moment, she expects him to start going off about sand. <laughs> um, uh, um, this, this movie has fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, I think it earned every one of those percents um richard roper writes the disappointments and the inexplicable plot turns kept mounting until i finally surrendered and just admitted it this was just (laughs) this was just a good looking clunker hey (laughs) he's talking about me um (laughs) uh um yeah there weren't even any really interesting uh um reviews on here uh, I'm sure not. It's interesting. It got uh, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Weird. But that's just yeah. whoever bothers to, right? you know, yeah. send in a review. Like, oh, I like this movie. I'll <laughs> give it four stars. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, Star Wars prequel fans trying to improve Hayden Christensen's IMDb score overall. God, they... <laughs> <laughs> The fandom menace gets I, really intense with that kind of shit. I, I, I love observing the culture of Star Wars fandom. It is yeah. a weird thing. You're not a Star yeah. Wars fan until you hate 75% of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's the same with yeah the Trekkers and the Trekkies and the battle has never stopped. Yeah. No. Well, it, you, you hate all of it, but you will fiercely defend a few of the things. Like hate right. Christians. And the Phantom Menace. You know. I hate this, but get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I hate this, but I need more so badly. Right. The food sucks, but the portions are huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's oh man, that hurts my soul a little bit. That's so true about Star Wars. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the movie itself, guys. You ready to jump into this thing? Might as well. <laughs> I'll jump anything that moves. It's <laughs> true. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go, guys. This is Jumper. We open with a voiceover from David Rice, our protagonist, telling us about his globe trotting from the top of the Sphinx. I have a question. Do you guys recall when we learned his last name was Rice? When um, they called him Rice Cake or Rice Ball. I, that seemed non sequitur to me. That's why I was curious. Yeah, me too. Like, what, are, what does that mean? No, I was like, was his character supposed to be Asian and they just never changed like a racist thing? Like, like uh, yeah. what? what is? No, it was like two thirds of the way through the movie that I realized his last name was Rice. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Once I realized it, though, it made sense that they were calling him Rice Ball. It answered that question. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. But at first, I was genuinely confused by that insult. I was, too. Yeah. Um, X-Ray on Amazon told me that it was David Rice. So nah. 
I, I knew from early on, I knew what the price bowl was referenced to, but yeah, in the movie, they didn't say his yeah. last name for a really long time. Yeah. Did you research? Yeah. Um, I mean, I researched the movie prior to it, but I didn't remember his last name. Um, <laughs> oh, you did fine too. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I failed you. Um, <laughs> So uh, we cut back to him as a teenager. His crush, Millie, uh, likes to travel. He gives her a snow globe with the Eiffel Tower in it. Um, so <laughs> she dreams of travel. She does. Yeah. She dreams. Of she doesn't like she doesn't know if she likes it yet. Right. Yes. Because she hasn't gone anywhere. She dreams. of. She's just. Yeah. Yeah. She dreams of travel, but. Yet she's okay. So here's the thing: he gives her <laughs> he gives her a snow globe with 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 the Eiffel Tower in it. Then they go yeah. to the Coliseum. I thought that too. Yeah. Why? I, yeah, I thought that. Why didn't they go to Paris? Just as a so, screenwriting like device, like what? In her locker, the photos. Um, I forgot to look. Um, there's probably the col- a photo of the Colosseum in her locker. I saw Rome really big. So, yeah. like, Rome was her big thing. But he just found that snow globe at a yard sale. Well, sure. Yeah, like, but, go but pick use... it out off of the historical but, landmarks. But the screenwriters get to write what's in the snow globe. Right. They don't actually just have to go with yeah. the snow globe they find. Yeah. Uh, it was the rosebud. For you know, this was the object that that represented their their feelings. Yeah, so I, I'm sure it was the writer of the book who uh, dropped that ball. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I seem like yeah, I don't know. That's like an easy detail to put into a book if I, you're gonna set it up. I mean, yeah. who I I haven't read the book. Um, anybody who's read the book, let us know. I mean, maybe there's. I'm sure there's a vast. And, a lot up. of difference between like <laughs> the book and the movie. I wasn't bothered by the Eiffel Tower and them never going to Paris. No, I wasn't it was either. Fine. It was just stupid. Yeah, stupid yeah. choice. It, it, why, it wasn't why even that? a stupid choice. It was. It just was what it was. It, well, why take the time to set it up? Then? If you're yeah. going to have an object that represents their relationship and them traveling yeah. in their relationship, at yes. least have them go to the place that the object is. I'm not saying they should have gone to the Eiffel Tower. Maybe they should have, or maybe that should have been the Coliseum and the snow globe. Otherwise the locker, like you said, would have been enough. Storytelling wise, he could have seen the inside of her locker with all the pictures of foreign destinations and her lists. But no, they introduced an object of a specific geographical location. Well, because they needed to figure out how to get him over a lake. Exactly. (laughs) For that super awesome sequence. It's Rick Goldberg all over again, man. I think you're right. So, all right. So, um, all right. He gives her a snow globe. Mark the bully grabs it and throws it onto the ice of a frozen lake. Uh, David goes after it. He falls through the ice. (laughs) They all think he's dead, but he teleports. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and then, like, so... He just immediately leaves and never tells anybody after that. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, but he does go back home, so his father knows he's not dead. But yet, all those years that pass, and he never said, "Yeah, nobody said, hey, he's not dead." Yeah, he never <laughs> he just left. Yeah, yeah. Michael Rooker never ran into Rachel Bilson and be like, "David, no, he's not dead. <laughs> he didn't right, die in nobody, a lake." 
Nobody gave his con- their condolences to Rooker. Yeah. He didn't have a funeral. They just assumed he died, and then they stopped talking about it. <laughs> he might have spent some time in jail for this kid's, like, unexplained disappearance. Yeah. Ooh, the dad? Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe. I mean, I assume he reported him as just running away. I don't know. Um, so, all right. So, so, uh, anyway. d- yeah, David teleports himself to the library. Oh. I have to assume there was something in the book about him loving reading, which is why the library is like his go to safe space that he teleports mm-hmm. himself to and he becomes emotional. Uh- this was so confusing because we returned to the library again at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. Three times but, we go to the library. And and you, you often bring up the, the three beat thing. And I thought about this and I was like, you know, we realistically having him come back to the library the second time doesn't really count. It's the same exact thing. But right. having what should have happened was as little baby Hayden Christensen should have been dropped <laughs> off at the library or picked up at the library after it's closed by his you know shitty father. Maybe that happened. And it got cut. Or like, but that would have made the library contextually make a bunch of sense. I bet you any. Have a mom. Yeah, I bet you anything. There's something in the book about the library. Either it's a safe space, yeah. or that's where his mom abandoned him, or something. Yeah, and I know that we're used to, and we we accept that, like especially with mutants, they always have the latent abilities, and then they're just triggered at some point. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is not an X Men movie, and he's not a Marvel mutant. He went into the ice. And that triggered his powers. That's acceptable. Sure. I'm not saying that's that's a bad storytelling, but why not give us something? I don't know. Even if it's a flashback of him as a child, because we find out later that his mom knew when he was very, very little. So, like, just some shots of him as a five-year-old transporting around the house. It was just, it was just vague, you know? Like, what? oh, if you fall into freezing cold water. Yeah. Well, and we radioactive don't, water. Well, and they say so there's others, but we don't get to find out how many. We don't get to find out like like I I could have right. used some like bullshit science stuff be like you've got the gene that does the thing. Right. Well, and they were clearly trying to set up a universe with this, hiring Samuel L. Jackson, having sequels yeah. available and all that kind of thing. Not they killing Samuel L. Jackson, introducing right. yeah. Diane they Lane the ball and establishing this. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's a great point. This felt like a sequel to the to another jumper movie that should have come before this. Do you know what I mean? Like right off the bat, they were trying to act like we knew all of this shit already. It looked to me like Like maybe they were trying to reveal things throughout further movies to leave aspects of it a mystery, making them sure. Whatever. uh, Not Templars, but whatever that religious order is. Paladins. Paladins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the the paladins that gets confusing. All right. So, um, (laughs) Anyway, so he walks. Yeah, he walks home in the cold, wet cold. I mean, dude really needs to warm up and dry off before he walks home through yeah. a Midwest winter. Um, Ann Arbor. Yeah. Arbor. Well, and any kid knows that you're not going to go back outside of the library until you're like dry, feeling better. Yeah. And a- any <laughs> any adults there. No, even even with all the crazy water damage, they can't explain. Would at least let that help that kid dry off before allowing him to go out into the cold, dripping wet. Absolutely. Uh, well, like, we're talking about a library like it's a hospital. Like <laughs> he hasn't been discharged yet. So hey, li- librarians are beautiful people. Um, <laughs> it's true. 
They're... They are. Uh, so, all right. So he goes home where he lives alone with his dad, uh, his mother having left when he was five. His dad's all rough and Michael Rookery. Um, but well, and his voiceover is like, he, you know, he wasn't a very good dad or, you know, something to that effect. Mom was gone and he wasn't much of a dad. And then we see his dad and I'm like, all he had to do was tell us his dad was Michael Rooker and we would have totally understood <laughs> yeah. what he meant. Yes. 100%. Uh, but that's so, but I was expecting his dad to be like abusive or something from like, no. but he was fine. Well, I, I, it was implied by the chain on the door. That's yeah. what I thought. The abuse was implied by him chaining his door shut. Um, um which we then see reflected later on in the movie when the door is chained shut from the other side because dad is afraid. Yeah. It's a yeah. bigger chain and, you know, abusers of children are cowards. They were making a bunch of points, but not well. Like, yeah. I read into all this subtext. I see. Yeah, I missed that little clue. I mean, yeah. I expected all that, but then his dad seems to be protecting him from, like, his dad didn't seem like a total piece of shit, like, later on when Sam yeah. Jackson comes to visit him, so yeah. it was all very confusing, and the character lines were not well drawn. Yeah. Um. So, alright, David locks himself in his room, in his emotional state, he teleports himself again back to the library. Um, <laughs> then, and this, at this point, there's a poster on the wall that says escape to your library. Yeah. Um, That's cute. Kind of cute. D- yeah. Doesn't explain anything. Doesn't. But no. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. There's clearly a lot of stuff that's supposed to like make sense and be here and be themes that don't and aren't. Right. Yeah. Um, so he goes to Millie's, leaves a snow globe there for her, and then he skips town to New York. <laughs> to make uh, it on Broadway. <laughs> we, we saw we saw Dad talking to two cops outside when he uh, uh, goes back to his house to get some money and clothing or whatever. Um, and you, uh, you barely hear what they're saying, um, but he says, like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what made me think like he might have spent some time in jail. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Huh. They're they're all, do you know the whereabouts of your dead son? <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not dead. <laughs> in fact, dead. I just Maybe he called the cops himself. <laughs> yeah. He's not dead. I, or, I, I just chained him up in he, his room. <laughs> Maybe he spent some time in the nut house because like the cops show up to say, hey, your son fell in a river. And dad's like, no, he just teleported out of his bedroom. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. This is, this is again, something that I bet you money actually like is explained in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so much stuff they hinted at that. Like, yeah. All right. So uh, in New York, he practices his teleporting skills. Um, when he smacks into that tree, that was probably the funniest part of the the whole movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This wasn't written for any kind of comedy, but that moment was. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I like seeing people smack into trees. I do too. <laughs> Don't we all though? Um so all right. Well, he- I feel bad. I feel bad when it's a real person, but as we talked during <laughs> superhero movie, yeah. 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 Non-real people can smack into whatever they want and I'll laugh. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> um so all right. 
All right. He realizes he has to have seen where he's going. Is that right? Because the oh. rules seem really vague. Like they have to have yeah. jump points. He has to have pictures. He has to be able to envision it in his mind or something. Good point. Like, yeah, there were a lot of rules at play. Jump but, points. But they, one they, of them. Yeah, what? but they didn't seem consistent. And I wasn't able to exactly parse what the rules actually were. Well, so, yeah, and you're kind of right because then when she is is almost dead at the end, he specifically jumps to a hospital waiting room to scream, you know. But hadn't he been to that hospital before or seen a picture? It is vague. It's very vague. Um, the the jump point thing was really interesting because they they leave like a residue or a, what did he call it a jump point hole or something a jump, jump scar jump scar jump scar. Which is a cool concept that, that you know you leave some sort of remnant behind of your ability to do this, mm-hmm. and it gives the bad guys a way to track them and shit. But that was really just kind of a one and done line. It should have been more integrated into that. Well, line. yeah, they really did not set up the world or the rules well at all, because um, it seems yeah. like it seems like they're tearing a hole in reality and going yeah. from one place to another, and that's all fine. But then when Sam Jackson starts being able to go through them and it's like lingering and he has a machine and like there's just so much going on that like it's like what? Right. Yeah, they started breaking their own rules pretty quickly. True. Yeah. And it seems like it should have been a bigger deal that Sam Jackson can like jump through these things like, oh, that's a game changer. But instead they're just like, yeah, they got a machine. Yeah, they can do that. Right. Yeah. Um. So, all right. So he... uh. He decides that he's going to rob a bank with his powers. He uh, goes and checks out the bank, pulls off the heist, and he's got lots of cash. Um, Then we're introduced to Sam Jackson. He says he's an NSA agent, and he's there to investigate the bank heist. Okay, this was one of the weirdest Sam Jackson looks ever. He looks exactly like Clay Shaw in JFK. Tommy Lee Jones's character. That's all I could think of, but yes, yeah, so weird. Well, and the 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 Cisco bleached white hair, but yeah. like still brown facial hair, right? Yeah, it would and have been more striking with white facial hair and white eyebrows. So it would have been real weird looking. And how many times in his career has he said the phrase "That's classified"? Oh my god! So Seriously, many. Time. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Um ugh. okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then we cut to eight years later. David's living large in New York. Before uh we cut to there, or as we cut to there, he's like laying in bed, he's counted out all his money and stuff. Uh-huh. But there's a police motorcycle in his tiny hotel room. Mm. Yeah, like, right next to the bed. Huh. Far it's yeah. Weird. yeah. And What's also weird is that, um, you know, I thought eventually he would turn into a superhero. You know, he's only interested in saving his girlfriend's life. But there were those moments where he's like eating and watching the news. And a couple of times the the news report specifically (laughs) said like there, there was no time to get to them. Rescuers couldn't get to them in time. They were too far away. And he's he doesn't. Take notice. I thought that was setting that up. But at some point, he yes. would take notice and be like, wait, I should do good with my powers. Right, because well, 
never came up again. They, they hang such a lampshade on it. They're just like, oh, but they couldn't get to them. And like they pause and he stops and it's like eyes like wide huh. and his head tips like. Yeah, I I could have. I thought he was going to go be a hero. But no, this is he takes that as a cue to I need to go surfing. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first, first hit the pubs yep. and then go surfing, then which I, tasty, I love that, that idea. That's a great way to use that power is to be like, oh, Fiji. Sure. That's sweet. I'll go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he didn't go to. Uh, he went to Fiji eventually. I think he was supposed supposed to be in the Maldives because they mentioned that in like the first ten seconds of the. Oh, movie. right, early in the day, um, where he says he was surfing in the Maldives, but he didn't surf in the Maldives. He just yeah. paddled his board out to the. <laughs> yeah. and, and they said, "Oh, <laughs> and there's we- no." Yeah, they said the storm hit Fiji, so he goes yeah, to Fiji. Yeah, so goes there. And what a dick Which, to sit on top of the Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's so delicate and so, yeah. And also, it's the middle Bullshit. of the day. Sitting on top of the Sphinx, there's probably several dozen people taking a tour who would just feed yeah. you up there. You see right. tourists down around the, the walkway. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got a folding chair and a cooler, and he's he's snacktacular up there. It's and just, his surfboard. Yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So um. Yeah. After his day of fun. Oh, while he while he's in the pub in London, he's noticed by somebody who sees him do a jump. Is this the extra yeah. that's just staring at the camera? No. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no. This is this is this is uh Griffin. Oh, that's right. Griffith, Griffin, whatever his name is. Um, so then, uh, meanwhile, we cut to the jungle. Sam Jackson is murdering a jumper. <laughs> He's got a special, yeah. special murdering knife. Um, he says, they oh. show them, they show the machine at this point. Um, they don't, uh, explain what it was for, but they do drop in the machine in this scene. Um, so, that's how they were able to catch that guy, I guess. Yeah. Who was I jumping re- through the jungle. <laughs> Better jump through the jungle. Um, I I would understand in the middle. So they, I don't feel like they ever gave him a real motivation. I understand in the Middle Ages, people would have probably thought they were demons or possessed sure. or whatever. But Sam L., the best he gives is you know, only God. Can be in two places at once. Well, yeah, no, no, he it says, just doesn't feel like only, a murderous cause. Only God should have the power to be everywhere at once. That's not what their power is, right? Yeah. And shouldn't God be have the power to murder people? You know, like excuse me, Mister Palzin, why do you <laughs> are you able to kill people, but I can't jump because it's a, an abomination? Well, and then later on, Sam Jackson like. And Hayden Christensen tells him, like, what if I'm different? What if I can be good? And Sam Jackson says, eventually, everyone is bad, that every jumper turns bad eventually. So it seems like he's, it's not just because it's against his religion. It seems like he also is just trying to, because they all turn bad eventually. It's like a, it's like a, a minority report thing or something like, uh, like, yeah, he's pre- preemptively getting rid of them because eventually they all use their powers for bad, which is not the same thing as only God should have these powers. Yeah, that's a different motive. Weird. Um, yeah, I did not understand the motivations of any of these characters at all. Um, 
The only persons whose motivation I did understand would have been a British Griffin guy. (laughs) He was pretty clear. I'm going to kill Sam Jackson. That's my motivation, period. Well, I mean, David's was also pretty clear. I'm going to get the girl. Then I'm going to save the girl. That's all it was for him. No, no, no. Getting her her and then saving her. He spent eight years forgetting about her and sleeping with British chicks in pubs. His motivation wasn't (laughs) to get the girl until he happened to accidentally end up back in Michigan. All right. Yeah. Fair point. That's, that's, yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. So he gets a call about the bank heist that they have a break in the bank heist. Is this the bank heist they started investigating eight years ago? Yes. Yes. What? Wow. Yeah. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's like well, a murder I, investigation. I assume that it's because there were no other connected events to the bank heist, but he's just a kid learning how to do this. He would probably be making messes all over the world to yeah. get to this ability. Well, and when, when yeah. Sam Jackson confronts him, he has all those IOUs from different bank heists. What was the break? Yeah. What did they get? Was yeah. it him eating lunch on top of the Sphinx? Is that the, that the surfing? Right. Like, that's all we saw. All right. We yeah. Did, we didn't see an incident which led to the break of the bank heist. Like, right. Yeah. Most, yeah. Most of the evidence comes from the bank itself. You know, all, all the cash is serialized and numbered. Uh, there are cameras, there are doors. You know, like, what other evidence did you uncover after eight years? It's, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's not a murder <laughs> investigation. Like, we finally found the body. It's like there are certain avenues. In investigating bank heist, and then nothing else, <laughs> unless somebody comes to you with a tip. Yeah. yeah, was there some sort of moment that was left out that had to do with the IOUs? Because that's the only thing that point. connects him I to assume, this crime. I assume there was a lot of moments left out. I'm curious how much was shot that wasn't used, as opposed to how much was just a script that ignored a ton of stuff from the books but didn't change it in order to make it um yeah comprehensible to an audience i'm torn i'm torn with that because i can't decide it's easy to say oh it was cutting room floor but at the same time feels like this was all on the page this way yeah um it's It's weird it it is it is and yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um what was that al you want to snuggle we can get in there buddy I said like Paris in the snow globe. Oh, like Paris in the <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm just reading into things then. Um, so, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind a snuggle. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So David fi- uh, arrives home. He finds Sam Jackson there. Um, Sam, <laughs> Sam Jackson's name is Roland. <laughs> Roland. Okay. Roland tries to capture David with a. Sh- an electric tube. Um, <laughs> and uh, when when he's being electrocuted, David can't teleport. This is very important. When you're being electrocuted, you can't teleport. Except for okay. in the end, when you can teleport more than you've ever been able to before while being electrocuted. Because he's different. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He's special. It's immunity. Um, I had at this point, I I was calling it a zap stick, and at some point it turns into a jump rope. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Jump rope. Yeah. Um. So, all right. David manages to fight his way free, grabs a bag of cash, and jumps back to the library in his hometown. Um. He doesn't go to the library. He goes to his old bedroom. Oh, his bedroom. That's right. Yeah. And they're all welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. <laughs> 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 oh god so then meanwhile roland finds an old picture of millie <laughs> which by the way is a terrible picture of that girl that played young millie and he picks it up and goes who the hell is this <laughs> like a picture of yep. a person what <laughs> what do they think of next um so david david uh visits his dad briefly finds Millie at a job at her at uh, her job at a bar he, she's a small town girl <laughs> living in a lonely world yeah <laughs> working at a sports bar um yep. he gets in a fight with Mark his old bully and then jumps Mark into a bank vault which doesn't seem like a great idea for keeping Okay, so what? <laughs> I'm sorry, this fucking movie. I, I think he jumps into the same uh, bank vault that he originally robbed. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good idea, is what you're about to say, Thoreau. It's a terrible uh, no, yeah, idea. He's about to. He's about to say a lot. It looks like. Well, and what is what is what is he doing? He just got discovered for the first time in, in his entire jumping career. Somebody, <laughs> a dangerous ass motherfucking Sam Jackson with electric tubes comes into his house, knows who he is and is like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, I'm going to go check out this girl that I forgot about for eight years and, and put Mark the bully into the same bank where, where I just discovered Sam Jackson knew I was at. Every choice he makes seems like he isn't just discovered by crazy, dangerous Sam Jackson. Like, he's, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just been discovered. I better leave that guy a hint. Right. I've just been discovered. Or a clue. I better, a clue. yeah, I better, I better reconnect with an old girlfriend and go to Rome. Right. Yeah. Because it's not even setting him up, like you know, uh, setting him up to take the rap. They know that dude wasn't in the vault all these eight years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So why yeah, did he take him to like the middle of the desert or something? Right, or somewhere cold? Because it was because of him that he fell through ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would have. Yeah, but none of this makes any sense at all. Tries, really. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Um, David reconnects with Millie, tells her he's in banking, and invites her to go to Rome with him, which she immediately does, despite how nonsensical of a decision that is for a woman to make, a person really to make. Hey, I haven't seen you in eight years. Sure, I'll go to Rome with you right now. Or I'm a bartender in the same small town we lived in. Yeah, exactly. I can take off this time to go to Rome. I can afford that. So this yeah. was when they were reconnecting at the bar, um, having their chat. This was where the extra kept looking at the camera. 
Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like, know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. saw her she, the second time through. She kept looking this way and then at the camera to look this way and then uh, <laughs> well, and back and forth. She ordered a drink a couple times and then looked at the camera in the other direction and then back. Yeah. Well, and and after you pointed her out, then I could I had to notice her like extra in, like the work right. she was doing as yeah. an extra, which was a lot of like, I'm going to keep ordering drinks and tap the guy right. next to me who's going to nod at me. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm going to stare down you. <laughs> you in the camera. Yeah. Oh God. Um that was the no best second no second take for them. That was the best part of the movie. Um I agree. So um so they go to Rome. They fucking go to Rome. Despite how stupid of a decision that is to make for both him and her, considering what he has just discovered about Sam Jackson, and that she is a small town waitress and this fucking creepy dude shows back up after eight years tells her he doesn't like sand and says let's go to rome like i understand why he didn't tell her immediately but i also don't understand why he didn't tell her immediately because if you want to like win this girl over you just go like i can teleport so let's go to tahiti and then to paris anywhere you want to go yeah yeah these um because he had a line right before they flew to paris um uh calling back her words um, was uh, unless you want to skip the boring parts. Right. Yeah. Like I thought travel. the boring part would be flying on a plane for two right. hours. Yes. Commercial air travel. That's pretty boring yeah. in, in my experience. <laughs> Downright torture. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So um, then Roland shows up to question Mark the bully um, in Rome. This <laughs> time he's, this time he's posing as a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Um, the, his first scene, he was NSA. So did right. he kill Mark the bully? You think? No, no, no because uh, later on, oh, Hayden he Christ- confronts him later. Yeah, but yeah. he does Why? punch out that cop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. that? Cop? You think the cop, cop would, would find that <laughs> on NBC? Um, you'd think you'd think that the cop would find that suspicious and then start questioning Mark the bully about the guy that questioned him. <laughs> Did you know that guy? <laughs> no, I didn't know that guy. <laughs> oh, we just let him into your cell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. In Rome, David and Millie, did they sleep together or just make out? I forgot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they slept together. There was a whole thing where he couldn't get her pants off. Oh, that's really, right. That's right. Okay. Um, really weird. So, yeah. Sh- I mean, <laughs> I, under- I, yeah. Un- I understand <laughs> why she would have slept with him in Rome but also like she shouldn't have gone to Rome with this dude like that's just poor decision making Millie Um, she should have been all jump in me (laughs) god (laughs) so alright they're being watched by by Griffin um, who's I don't know how he found them in Rome right but uh, well, because he's, he's been tracking the guy. He's tracking Roland, who is tracking uh, Dave. So he's two steps ahead of the man. Gotcha. That explains it. Yeah. All right. So it does it though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It if doesn't I, make sense, but that's that's what I. I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. That's why he's ahead of them, and he's expecting them to show up there. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Says, this yeah. th- this dumbass universe doesn't explain a lot, but that explains. 
that. Yeah. He wasn't following David. Makes sense. Right, anyway, especially because later on he says he's dedicated his life to finding paladins. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, David uses his powers to sneak them into the Colosseum after it's closed for the day. His arguments to the guy. Or, yeah. Like, he's such a dick. No, no, no. See, like, it's right there. Just let us go in there. Just let Just us let do us it. Just let us go in. Come on. We're white. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking Americans, man. This happens uh, every day. Right after we close. And I love how, like, eh, her uh, responses to being in the co- I don't know. She seems bored. It's like, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not. Oh, God. So, all right. So, inside the Coliseum, he gets separated from <laughs> Millie while go- she, which, by the way, she is very, very patient waiting for him to open that door. <laughs> very patient. That's true. <laughs> because we get a 10 minute sequence while she's just standing there going, David, David, Hello? is that you? Hello, David? <laughs> is this our room? Or for, I lost the key card. David, are you in there? <laughs> um, so at this point, Griffin uh, confronts David, um, tells David that he's a jumper too. <laughs> Griffin warns him. I'm, I'm a jumper too. <laughs> I'm a jumper. He's a jumper. You're a jumper. We're a jumper. Oh. <laughs> They really, really missed the opportunity to use um, the Mac Dad is going to make you jump, jump, jump on the soundtrack. Jump. <laughs> jump by Van Halen. There's so many songs that could have been on the soundtrack that they decided. Well, to- that was my that was my lead in because one of the most hilarious lines in all of rock history is you might as well jump. Yes. How do you argue with that logic? Yeah, I guess. Might as well. You might as well <laughs> jump. The Pointer Sisters jump for your love. Yeah, so many, so many. Um, all right. Um, jump around like House of Pain. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, welcome to our noob podcast. Songs about jumping. Yep. <laughs> I think the top four this next week should be only songs that have jump in the title. Um, all right. No. Anyway, um, so all right, so uh, they're attacked by some paladins. Um, Roland explains the whole situation to David. Uh, then they fight them a bunch, and David follows Griffin to his hideout, which is important that he do that because otherwise he wouldn't know where it is and wouldn't be able to jump there. Apparently, he just follows him through the jump. He has to say scar. it. I followed you through the jump scar. And yeah, Roland's like, get car, right. yeah. Roland's like, get out of here. Okay. <laughs> he seems genuinely surprised that he was able to do that. Yeah. Because yeah. clear, this is the first jumper he's met. He didn't. He's never confronted a jump scar before, but he knew what to call it. <laughs> yeah. um, he knows the link. Uh, he's so he's different, right? Is that because <laughs> paladin? Well, yeah. I mean, I have to assume David's <laughs> different and special. Like because of his yeah. midichlorians. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. He had like latent knowledge. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, latent abil- things. Well, yeah. and he was able to do the special building jump later, which yeah. doubly doesn't yeah. make any sense because he was 
you know what? Okay, we'll get to that. Um, all right. I, I thought um, the first time I watched it, um, I was thinking that Mary, his mom, was a jumper herself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought so too. Very much so. Especially with the scene that's coming up in a few minutes. Right. Which I, yeah, I want to, I feel just to put it on record, I feel like the explanation as to what the um, paladins were and are was the weakest, laziest bullshit relationship I'd ever heard in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I understand vampires and vampire hunters. I understand demons and exorcists. I understand. It was so fucking vague. These yeah. people just don't like these other people who can do this thing. Yeah. So it's an organization, a some a some sort of religious organization that hunts them down and has been doing it for centuries. That split off from the the Knights of the Crusade, like earlier, which yeah. said temp, Templar and such. Yeah. So weak and lazy. I. It's like what? So you've dedicated your life to killing these kids who can do this thing. Yeah. That really doesn't affect the world. <laughs> no, it doesn't really at all. Yeah, they're not murdering people. And right, Sam Jackson says eventually everyone turns bad. Eventually all jumpers turn bad. We saw no evidence of that. Evil. Yeah. We no didn't evil. get any examples, like nothing. They're very uh, selfish. Griffin goes a little bad in the end. A, but a little. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, you're Stealing right. That is hard, but hundreds of years. Also, I was just going to point out the religious zealotry aspect sure. of it. It's yeah. like, they're not all right in the head. So, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I can you, accept the con. do a lot of shitty stuff I, in I, the name right. of religious zealotry. I can, I can. Well, and I, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, throw. <laughs> um, no, but I, like, I did say earlier, like, yeah, I understand turn uh, or middle ages type situation. They thought there was something up with people like that, but they thought so many different kinds of people were crazy as well. People who suffer from epilepsy, uh, people with autism and shit like that. So you would think that flash forward to the 20th century, they maybe don't still think that there's a little evil goblin living in their head that makes the, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't justify centuries of hunting. I understand what you mean me now or early on zealots for sure. Well, yeah, I but, mean, I, I agree, and I, I I can even see how this religious organi- a religious organization could survive through centuries hunting these people with these powers, but none uh, of it was was adequately explained or explored in this film. Right. They could have made the jumpers a lot more dangerous on screen to justify this, but you definitely sided with jumpers in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, all right, so... Uh, I don't... I don't think they needed to show other da- jumpers being dangerous, but I don't want to labor the point. Okay. I mean, yeah. So that explanation was satisfying. I was, was fine a- with it. All right. I I think every aspect of this world was set up half-assed for the film viewers. I, every aspect. I absolutely. Ag- yeah, I agree as well. <laughs> it, there should have been some, uh, not should have, whatever, but they could have introduced some element of trying to restore balance to the universe, destroying <laughs> them. Like, not even to be pithy about right. Star Wars, but like, uh, oh, you're right. this kind of power, it just, it, once someone can control these people or something, it's not even about these individuals, you know. Yeah, there are a lot of ways to spin this to make it work in one mind. 
Uh, all right. So um, David gets arrested outside of the Coliseum. Um, he spends the night being interrogated by Italian police. Then his mom just shows up and frees him and tells him to run. How underwhelming was that? Right? Yeah. He hadn't he hadn't seen his mother in so long. He was totally casual. And how did he just well, recognize her? I don't think I'd recognize like a relative I haven't seen since I was five years old necessarily. He's got no. pictures of her around the house, though. I mean, his dad still saved the pictures. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he did. I'm confused how she was able to escape. How she's was a paladin. She is a paladin. Well, see, we yeah, that's, that yet. yeah, that's the thing. When, he's <laughs> when, when he runs out of the room and she's gone, I was exp- assuming she was a jumper. Yeah. Um, they uh, yeah. showed her going down the stairs or something. He's, he's still handcuffed to the chair by like one arm and he gets like stuck going through the door as she like vamooses. Um, mm-hmm. They don't show her jump. They no. One might insinuate that she jumped or just walked away. I think they were trying to be intentionally vague <laughs> as to how um, she got away. But no hug, no questions, no um, shock or surprise. Just, oh, that's my mom who's been gone most of my life. He did jump out of his chair when she walked in. There was yeah. some <laughs> surprise. I, I think there, there was some <laughs> surprise. <laughs> What you said, Thoreau, about how he wouldn't recognize her. Having him slowly recognize her would have been way more compelling than him being like, oh, shit, that's my mom. Being like, wait, who is this person? Why do well, I recognize uh, you? Yeah. Well, she takes all oh, the leaves. And then she leaves. Until the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, it, and it wasn't even like, end. yeah, and it wasn't even like, for, it was very clumsily shot and edited, too, because it didn't even seem yeah. like a reveal. She just opens the door and walks that, in. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like she was, oh, yes, that's what I mean. The staging was weird. Um, all right. So he frees himself, which he could have done this at any time. It was just him yeah, and right. the cop. Why didn't he, oh, why didn't he jump into yeah another cell or something <clears throat> or like the bathroom and figure out a way to get girl home girl out? Um, he didn't want to jump in front of the detec- detective who was there. Um, she dropped off the handcuff key on the desk. I don't know if you noticed that when she came in, she dropped yeah. the handcuff key on the desk and told him to ditch the girl and took off. So when he jumps to the Sphinx, he's still got the handcuffs on and he has the key and he takes it off. But he jumps right, the yeah. cop there too. He did jump the and cop leaves there too, the cop yeah. there. So, I mean, the cops now aware that this dude did a weird thing to him. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, he could have jumped to a hardware store and hacked that thing off and then jump back, just you know? <laughs> when, he, when he jumps and doesn't jump, I found confounding as to when he would use his superpowers and not use his superpowers. Only when it was convenient for the plot. Yeah. Basically. Unless they were fighting, and then it was all the time. Yeah, yeah. constant. Yeah. Or, like, he wanted to go to the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. He, uh... He meets up with Millie outside and takes her back to the uh, the airport. Um, Millie tells David she doesn't trust him and wants the truth. He shows her his big bag of cash. Then she gets on a plane for Detroit. Meanwhile, Roland visits David's dad. 
Um, then David heads back to Griffin's hideout, where Griffin tells him that paladins have been hunting jumpers for centuries. He tells David all his friends and family are in danger. David goes back to his dad's house. Yeah. Um, when we hear uh, Roland here, Roland here gets word that David has escaped. Um, and the guy on the line says, um, she said two would be enough with the, the she. Uh, so on the rewatch, I'm thinking, she, knowing that she's a paladin, she said, she told them like, no, two will be fine. Not knowing that, that Griffin would be there, but right. also to give him a fighting chance. As it works, like because Roland told him to send everybody, and she said two will be fine. So right. she's still so protecting she's, him from the inside. But she's kind of a leader. It, it seems yeah. like it seems like it does seem that way. There's yeah. a so many questions about that. So because she ah, okay, I'll wait till the end. I'll wait till the end. <laughs> all right. So um, all right. So. Yeah, uh, David heads back to Griffin's hideout. Then David tells him all his friends and family are in danger. Then he goes back to his dad's house and finds him. Is he, I thought he was dead, but then he takes him to the hospital and all the doctors act like he's still alive. So I don't know. He's got to be around for the sequel. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was dead, but I don't. I don't know. Just because he takes him to the hospital, and all the doctors run over and start like doing things to him, like they're trying to resuscitate him. I mean, he could still be dead, and they could try to yeah. resuscitate him, I guess. But it it, yeah. it made it confusing because he wasn't just like my dad's dead. He was like, ah, get him to the hospital. Michael Rooker is hard to kill, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so I, I did like how Dad stepped up um, back yeah. at the the scene with. Uh, Jackson with Roland, uh, just like I'll be. If I if I hear anything, I'll be sure to give you a holler. No, you won't. No, no, no. I, won't. I won't. The uh, the the scene between Michael Rooker and Sam Jackson was one hundred percent the best scene in the movie with the best acting in the movie because those two guys yeah. are awesome together. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um. All right. So Which is another reason why I. I, I never felt like Rooker was an abusive parent. The chain thing that I didn't notice did make sense if that's what it was. But yeah. the scenes themselves, he seemed like a guy that loved his kid but didn't know how to be a single father type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so anyway. yeah, there was the abusive subtext, but everything that was explicitly on screen seemed like he was just doing his best to be a dad but wasn't good at it. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a badly drawn character line. Somebody can the- be things in the uh his initial scene um he seems to express genuine concern about his son like are you okay what what happened happened? why are you home so late why are you dripping wet (laughs) yeah i mean immediately get your ass down here and mop this up yeah yeah so he's a little bit of both of those things yeah and loving and abusive father and at this point with Roland, it's eight years later and he's had a lot of time to think about his relationship with his son. And all of this would be fine, except that it's all handled so clumsily that we don't get to have a character that nuanced. It needs yeah, to be yeah. clean, straightforward archetypes for in, in a movie that is done that is this badly made. 
Right. They did not flesh out a single element or flesh out a single element of this movie. They didn't explore anything they tried to do from relationships to motivations to. Yeah. 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 Nothing was explained. <laughs> no. Uh, where so, were we? All right. So. All right. So, yeah. Um, then uh, he confronts Mark, the bully, to discover what he told the paladins, then heads back to Griffin's <laughs> hideout again. David wants to find Roland to stop him from hurting Millie. He thinks he and Griffin should team up. Griffin goes to Tokyo. David follows him, trying to convince him to team up. Griffin steals a car. We find out he can jump in cars. Um, he, yeah, Marvel team-up. Yeah. Yeah. That's like his he's like Marvel team-ups. They're short, single run. We could do uh-huh. this. When they're in the car, that's the first time that I hear... Um, him say the name Griffin. Mm. Like, no, yeah. he didn't introduce himself at any time before that. He, he never said what my name is. But now that they're in the car, uh, huh. David just knows his name suddenly. That's a good point. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Well, I mean, it's kind of in character, though, because he's trying to avoid interacting with him the whole time. But, but they I, might as well have just said his name out loud. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, but yeah, but if we never see Hayden Christensen hear his name at any point, then and then it's he true. just starts calling him that, it's uh, something. Something was on the cutting room floor there. Um, yeah. So all right. So uh, Griffin tells him he once knew a guy that tried to jump a building, but it killed him. Um, <laughs> and that man's name was Evil Knievel. <laughs> uh, he and Griffin do some bonding about parents leaving them when they're young and then griffin finally agrees to do the team up um well david david wants to you know commiserate with his new friend and griffin's like basically like i'm I'm not writing your biography i don't care i didn't ask about your family yeah (laughs) just anyway um they do they arrive in detroit to discover that david doesn't understand time zones um and the plane arrived an hour earlier. Uh, what? That was like, what? What, dude? You just what? got the time was, zones wrong? It was traveling west? Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. Um, David goes looking for Millie. Griffin goes back to his hideout to arm up. At Millie's apartment, he uh, tells her he's a bank robber. Reveals his jumping abilities, and when he sees Roland arriving, then he grabs her and jumps to Griffin's hideout. Um, Roland uses his machine to follow David through the wormhole. Roland fights them. Um, there's the thing with the the double decker bus and um, the flamethrower. This fight is the coolest part. Like like with what's going on action wise and using their powers part of this movie. And it really climaxed here. Yeah. In yeah. the desert. Yeah. The, like, the double decker bus bit was cool. Um, the Griffin's running jump thing. He like runs at him and like, yeah. Him, accelerating. Him, does it increases uh, momentum or I assume potential energies? Is he just, Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, know, but he he slams uh slams rolling out the that like security door. A lot of there's a lot of really cool uses of their powers here. I'm curious why he didn't at one point 
grab Roland, jumps somewhere like way up in the like top of a building, drop him and then jump away. <laughs> like that seems like the yeah. fastest way to kill somebody. <laughs> I'm sure you've been to the top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> jump him there and then jump back. He, yeah. he, he doesn't have the machine in Paris. <laughs> yeah, that's why he didn't go to Paris because it would have moved the ended the movie just like that. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, the eventually, um, Roland goes back to the crack to Millie's house. Griffin follows, steals the machine so they can't be followed again. Then at the last second, Roland pulls Millie through the wormhole with that. So, but with the machine is now gone and I don't understand how he was able to do that. It didn't close immediately. <laughs> All right. The last ditch effort. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, Griffin then has a bomb. He wants to go blow up the paladins at Millie's house. David wants to rescue Millie first. So David steals the detonator and jumps and Griffin follows and they jump around the world fighting. So this is Griffin showing that he's not a good guy. This is the second time besides the car theft because theft is whatever. But he drops the one guy in the Atlantic Ocean with the sharks. Oh, I know a shark pet around Cuba. And then he's like, I'm just going to blow up this place. So Yeah, with your girlfriend not, still inside. Yeah, yeah. not a so great example of them being bad. Well, and, bad. and he didn't care about collateral damage. Yeah, he didn't yeah. care about collateral well, damage. But I mean, it was pretty. I can understand he's been hunting these guys since he was five years old. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he could have like also been like trying to track them so that he could get their list and kill all the other jumpers or something, you know? So yeah. Reign supreme if they wanted to show how evil he was, but yeah, right. they, they, they could have done a lot. But um, uh, I liked how he uh, jumped that truck into the Arctic and then into Chechnya. Yeah, is that like yeah. uh, the, that ancient truck hauling furniture and crates on I nineteen <laughs> down to Nogales? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So um, yeah. Eventually, David traps Griffin in some electrical wires which high tension wire yeah it's it's a good thing that these huh. it's a apparently it's one of their superpowers too is surviving massive amounts of electrocution yeah yeah, yeah. well it's he not the voltage out, that gets you he must get out somehow because he had his own book that's true that's true yeah. um so all right so uh david goes back to millie's apartment Roland immediately traps him in some electric wires himself, the shooter wire where, things. Where Millie is clearly very much bait. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Lois Lane style. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, my question about Millie being uh, tied up in that wire shit, why not just tie her up with rope? And then use that extra wire thing to catch the other, you know, there are two jumpers now. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and they didn't know he was going to come alone. Yeah. Huh. Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. From like a bad guy perspective, like twirling my mustache. I'm like, come on, bro. (laughs) I didn't clearly see what she was tied up in. But, okay, so, but then at this point, so. She wasn't getting, she wasn't getting shocked. No, she wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't getting shocked. But, all right, so, okay, they they (laughs) capture. Merely surprised. (laughs) They capture him. He's being electrocuted. 
he can't jump himself and Millie away, who he is touching, because of the electrocution, but he's able to exert enough energy to jump her entire apartment away yes. yeah. into the water. Yeah. I'm so confused how he was able to I do guess that, given the rules that they had maybe previously that's the set mechanism. up. Maybe she was the one being... Because he was he he was tied he was tied to all the walls yeah so never mind I was gonna say if she was the only thing that he couldn't jump out of there he figured he'd take the house with him but he was also wrapped up in the jumping negation device yeah the jump the jump rope um, he had yeah. to uh, uh, or the electrope <laughs> um, I I'm guessing he had to jump everything including the things that were um, tied to him that were tying him there. So maybe, yeah. like, like maybe it creates a field and he has to jump everything outside of the field. And that's just something that most jumpers don't have the power to do. They don't have the thought to do it. Okay. Just really quick on this. Cause this scene shows us that there are no limitations to this power. Nobody's ever sleepy. They're never like, Oh, I got to take a nap. I've been jumping all weekend. Oh man. My brain. Right. He tells, okay. he tells homegirl take a deep breath, you know, when he jumps her the first time. And she's like, well, cause the first time she jumped, she's like all disoriented. And that was a cool perspective and stuff. Yeah. But it does not affect the jumper whatsoever. Like they are just completely right. immune to any temporal time, space, whatever distortion that normal people yeah. are exposed to. Well, we've seen a movie. He's like, yeah, it, sometimes it'll make the character vomit right after they've time traveled. Yeah, or they have yeah. a bloody nose or something, well, yeah. like Eleven and Stranger Things, yeah. you know? Like, right. this, should, this should take a lot to exert yourself to get to the Sphinx in Egypt. Yeah. yeah. You know, compared to jumping through a room. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. Um, all right, so yeah, um, they, he jumps the apartment into the lake and then into the library um, I guess all the pal- all the other paladins besides Sam Jackson got killed. Did they get drowned or something? I honestly didn't pay attention the second time. No. Yeah. They're just gone. Um so and then uh he jumps he jumps Sam Jackson into a cliff on the side of the wall of the Grand Canyon. Where he just leaves. Was that the Grand Canyon that looked like the big horseshoe bend was, in Utah? Was it horseshoe bend? I thought it was Grand Canyon. I, think I don't so. know. They were probably showing that it was the Grand Canyon, but it looked like specifically the Horseshoe Bend in the, I forget the name of that river up there. Mm. I see. So Moab. Yeah. Either way, (laughs) Sam Jackson's in a cave on a cliff. (laughs) Not dead. Not dead. But he he has a knife, so he can climb climb down. Something that he finds in the cave. Yeah, what's, yeah. And this is where he said, David says, I told you I'm different. I could have dropped you with the sharks. Yeah. Making the comparison to Griffith or Griffin or whatever his name is. G-Dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, clearly leaving him there for the sequel. But uh, then sometime later, David goes to visit his mom, meets his half-sister, Learns his mom abandoned him because she's a paladin and she didn't want to kill him. So he setting us up for a sequel. Setting us up for a sequel. And his mom Half sister was supposed to come back, probably. I'd imagine so, yeah. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Um his mom lives pretty nicely. 
That is a nice house. She is an erudite, Diane Lane kind of lady. She was married. All the paladins are all the paladins are very well dressed. Yes, and she was married to Michael Rooker in that like flea bag of <laughs> like house in Ann Arbor. Uh, she that was so. I thought about that for a bit, and it made me realize that there probably is some backstory about how they offered her a position as a paladin when they came to kill her or something. Maybe because they killed. They killed Griffin's father, uh, parents when he was five, and Diane leaves. Diane Lane leaves when he is five. Like maybe there was some flashback we'll get in the sequel when that happens. <laughs> when we get <laughs> no, that sequel, she was already a paladin when he was five because right. that's why she left. Like, oh, that's true. She's like, oh shit, I have to, I have to leave or I have to kill you. That those are my choices. I'm sure. Again, there's something in the book. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. it all make sense. Uh, and doesn't she say something about giving him a head start? Doesn't she yeah. sort of threaten him? Yeah, she, yeah. yeah, she says that, um, yeah, he says, so what are we going to do now? And she says, I'm going to give you a head start because I love you. Yeah, pretty fucked like, up. That, that's not love. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to protect my son until he found me. But now that he found yeah. me, yeah. fuck him. Um, and then... Uh, he leaves. Millie was just standing outside waiting in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Good old dumb Millie. Stupid, stupid box of rocks, Millie. <laughs> um, She's turning into a jump junk. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah, she wants to go someplace warm. Roll credits. That's the movie. We made it. Um, my top unanswered question was uh, what warm place did they jump to? Paris is warm in the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm guessing but it's somewhat Fiji. tropical. Yeah. It, Fiji, Tahiti, something like that. It's unimportant. I just thought it'd be fun to guess. Yeah. Probably somewhere where he can also surf. Mm. Yeah. Is that true passion? Phoenix. Um, yeah. No. And they have that fake wave up there, right? Let's go watch a Diamondbacks game. Maricopa <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> County. Let's do it. Ugh. Um, God, yeah, there's that's that's a movie. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. We got through all my unanswered questions in through this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I'm fine. Never looking back at this thing again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, honestly, this is just like the worst. Kurt Wagner without blue skin adaptation ever. Kurt Wagner had rules. He had things that he had to do. He had actual backstory. They just took Nightcrawler and were like, he's a person. There's multiples of them. Chased by a religious order. Like, very frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Just two guys in the hotel room just pumped full of cocaine. Like, (laughs) (laughs) awesome. Uh, The music. <clears throat> Excuse me. The music was pretty okay. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fine. One of my favorite yeah. Swedish punk rock bands was in this. Uh, uh, what was that? The Hives. Oh yeah. Oh. The Hives were Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. When he's first discovering his power as Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. So well, all right. Are you guys ready to put this thing on the list? Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's do it. <clears throat> um, the list. Uh, <sighs> 
I don't want to look at it on my phone. I just want to keep this up. So uh, I'll agree with whatever the consensus is. <laughs> That's <laughs> in front of me. Um, here, let me go ahead and I'll uh, I'll share that uh, tab here. Um, so, um, how does it compare to the fa- Fantastic Fours? Uh, um. Well, same tier, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was better or worse. I mean, the Fantastic Four have a lot of, a lot of. Uh, we're, we're aware of the Fantastic Four's backstory, so um, it somehow felt like there was more to them, but there probably wasn't. What had the greatest potential and squandered it the most? Possibly Fantastic <laughs> Four. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly Fantastic Four. It definitely, I'm looking at what's above that. So above Fantastic Four, we've got like Blade, Trinity, Superhero Movie, Return of Swamp Thing. It's not better than any of those. That that seems about right. Is it better than Blank Man? Mm. <laughs> I, the comparison to Supergirl, a ton of potential, but completely lost all, or missed all of its possible greatness. Like Blank Man, I don't remember, so... Like maybe it's better than Blank Man. Yeah, I don't know. X Men last Blank Man is. Yeah, we've got X Men Last Stand there at thirty-seven. I don't know if it's better than that. No, I think that was better. Um, X Men. uh, What about Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider at forty-two. I feel like it's about on the level of Ghost Rider. Yeah. Tough thing. I was going to say this superhero podcast. So the ones with superheroes are definitely going to be more satisfying than movies cut from whole cloth. So it's hard to say. Is it better than Ghost Rider? Well, it didn't have. How about Hero at Large? Uh, or Turtles Three? It's right in there. It's somewhere in there. Um, uh, I think. Yeah, me too. We want to stick. How about how about this? How about we stick it? How about we stick it in between Hero and Large and Condor Man, seeing as those right. two have been together for like I don't know forty years. Yeah, <laughs> works for me. I'm All into right. it. All right, there we go. Uh, Jumper, right there at number forty-five on our list. Um, that's it. Closing the door on Jumper, thank goodness, which means our next movie. Next week, everybody, we are going to be watching The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> All right. Uh, second Hulk movie. Yep, second Hulk Not movie. Not in a row, though. No. Um, so, second MCU movie, too. Yeah. So... All right, that's going to be fun. So that's uh, coming up next week, The Incredible Hulk. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening um, to Harmless Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Throw Smiley, and it's time to send you home to mommy. <laughs> I'm Josh CC. Big Coliseum, man fee. I'm Brian Lesh, and Hayden, take me to Paris. Come on, man. I'm Alaric Weber, and I don't think we're in Ann Arbor anymore, Toto. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys.